Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Utah has one of the easiest schedules in college football, according to a major college football outlet. Let's discuss on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with all of you in the YouTube comments as well as on social media where you can follow our show at X. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is JT Wistosil, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined on today's show by Sammy Moore of UteZone.com. And Sammy, we're actually going to be talking about something that comes from 24-7 Sports. So very timely to have you on as well as uh, 24-7 Sports release their list of the easiest schedules in college football. This is via, via Bad Crawford. And there's actually a lot of Big 12 teams on here. There's mm-hmm. the Cincinnati, there's Kansas, there's Utah, and there's Arizona. So a lot of teams in the top 10 from the Big 12. I don't think that's shocking because when you do look at a lot of these way too early top 25 lists, you don't see a ton of Big 12 programs. That's because a lot of them have been kind of roller coasters with a lot of those trending more towards the drops and the highs in the last couple seasons in particular. So I don't think I'm surprised. And even when we look at Utah's schedule, we can talk. We don't know the exact order of it yet. We'll be talking about that in the second schedule. But, I mean, I expect Arizona and Oklahoma State to be ranked when Utah played them. But, I mean, like there's a reason there's no Big Ten teams on here. There's no SEC teams on here because those are like, oh, pencil in that they have to play Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. Like they have to play top 10, top five teams. There is a world where Utah could go this season and not in the regular season and not play another top 10 team. I think that Arizona or Oklahoma State, one of those will be good enough to be in the top 15. But I don't know if there is a top 10 team on their schedule. So I I think their inclusion at five is fair on this list. Yeah, and I think as a a whole, um, the Big 12 tends to be lacking those perennial blue bloods. I think that's something that a lot of fans have mentioned um, with the move happening. Because like in the Pac-12, you had the Oregons, the Washington, the the USC's, the UCLA's. Mm -hmm. Those are perennial perennial Mm -hmm. programs that are so good at what they do. Um, whereas you are the Big 12 is losing their two perennial programs in uh-huh. Texas and OU who are going to the SEC. So I think that it doesn't shock me that this is one of deemed like one of the easiest schedules in the country. Um, but one program that you're not mentioning that I possibly think could be ranked by the time Utah plays them is Iowa State. Um, oh, I think Iowa State okay. has the potential, I think they have the potential okay. to be a very like, like, like a sleeper team in the Big 12 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying they're going to like shock everybody and win every single game in the conference, but I do think that Iowa state has a lot of pieces that I think will 
compete and make this team, that team, a very competitive team and a fun team. And um, Coach Campbell makes his teams are always well coached. They're well disciplined. They're very good teams. And I think that there, I think that the level of competition in the big 12 is just going to be upped with the addition of the the four corner schools. Um, I think that as time goes on, those four programs are just going to make everybody else around them better. Everybody else around them stronger. And I think that that's something that in two to three years, maybe we're not talking about the big 12 as being one of the easiest schedules. Maybe we're talking about them being one of the more difficult schedules. So um, I think that also just kind of bodes to the way that college football is, is a lot of these programs, it used to be you're on a four year cycle. Like you would just like, you'd be good for four, two or three years, like based on recruiting classes, but mm-hmm. now it's a year to year basis with the portal, yes. with the draft declarations. There's a lot of moving pieces now in college football. So I'm not like shocked that Utah's said one of the easiest schedules in the country, especially if you factor in that non-conference schedule, like mm-hmm. that's not, that's not helping the case. At least like the last two years, Utah's had some very good non-conference games with Florida and Baylor, which Baylor is still considered a non-con, but like, I think most people are like, it's not really a non-con because they're both going to be wearing big 12 patches on their, on their shirts. So, um, <laughs> But then that non-conference schedule just doesn't help things because usually your non-conference schedule is used used to boost your like your mm-hmm. other your your in-conference schedule. But with only one P five team in Baylor, I don't really see it being a great thing. Especially when they say like for scheduling out of conference games, you should have an A team, a B team, and a C team. Mm-hmm. So like your A team is like Utah's A team this year would probably be. Baylor, their B team would probably be Utah State, and their C team would probably oh, has be, to be. Has yeah, to be. and their and then their C team would probably be uh, SMU. So mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like whereas other programs, their non-con games are like like BYU's playing SMU. Like, there's a lot of bigger non-con games that are boasting those schedules, but mm-hmm. it doesn't like it doesn't surprise me. But even if the schedule, like Utah, was rated one of the hardest schedules in the country for the 2023 season. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like, and that was before all of the injuries. That was before everything that happened in the season. So yeah, that's yeah, that's because it's related to how the other good, the other teams are. And too. yeah. And see, that's why I'm saying like, I feel like to a certain extent, you kind of have, you kind of, you kind of play into that, but then also like nobody in the nation saw Washington going undefeated. No. Nobody saw Arizona. Like people, some people did see Arizona's like surgeons. Cause it was, was trending that way before mm-hmm. last season but you know there's like there's always going to be some wrenches that are thrown into a college football season so while I'm not shocked I'm not like I'm not like counting on it because it's college football you play the games for a reason because if it was mm-hmm. based on easiest schedules a lot of these teams would have been written off and deemed as like not good because they're playing to lower opponents mm-hmm. no absolutely and there's so much to still be determined about these teams, right? Like some of these teams that are easy games. You, I think I, I like that you brought up Iowa state. There's always like, and we could say the same thing. Like what if TCU bounces back after they're mm-hmm. down here? Like, does that seem, I would be surprised of course, if TCU bounces back to that level where they're beating Utah. But I was also very surprised when they made the national championship game a couple years ago. So I'm not exactly going to count the horde frogs out completely. Deion Sanders in Colorado. Look, they got the best quarterback in the conference for my money still. When you look, talk about Shador Standards, who should be, I think, one of the top three picks in the 2025 NFL draft. So I'm never going to count them completely out, even if they 
I got to see this offensive line in action to believe it, as well as a lot of the additions they still need to make defensively too. But it is once again, just so interesting that so many big 12 teams are on this list because it does mm-hmm. show the state of the conference. Now I like that you highlighted Baylor, especially because Baylor being the Baylor comes to Utah. So mm-hmm. even like last year was like, Oh, you have to go to Baylor. And now, you know, the Baylor program's trending down. Like, no one was really excited to bring Dave Aranda back, but because he won them the conference championship a couple of years ago, they felt like they had to. So yeah. even that one's lost its luster a little bit. There's well, a lot of these ones like that. Yeah. And the other thing about the thing, the other thing about like the big 12 schedules for me is especially like, like not to like be like sound like, like arrogant and cocky and stuff like that, but Utah honestly probably is the big dog. No, we've, I've titled numerous episodes of this exact show <laughs> on Utah with that exactly. There's a reason that all these other outlets are ranking Utah at the top, to your point. Well, and I think that that's the thing is, like, Utah can't play themselves. If Utah could play themselves, that would probably boost their schedule because that's a better team. So Utah's boosting the schedules of everyone around them. Exactly. But not their own. But, like, so you said that Arizona's on that list. So Arizona and Utah play. So that should, that like, that should be kind of awesome. That's their, like, one tough game. Yeah. Um, but Utah like, doesn't play Cincinnati and Kansas, who are no. one and two on this list. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, like if Utah was playing like Kansas, I feel like their schedule would go up a little bit, especially Definitely. because same with K-State. That's another team that I think yes. could be like a sleeper kind of team. I don't I hate using the word sleeper because like that just gives discredit to programs. But like I think but they're I will kind say of, like, they did just like they lost Will Howard. Like that matters. Yeah, true. But like I still think Kansas State has potential. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, like I'm like interested to see how big 12 play shapes out, but at the same time, like, like, I don't think, I don't think we're going to have the same level of like thrillers. And I don't think we're also going to have the same level of like, you, it was always a joke about the PAC 12, how the PAC 12 would devour itself. Um, I don't see the big 12 doing that. I don't see the big 12 being a conference yeah. that devours mm-hmm. each other. Like, I don't think that mm-hmm. happens. Um, maybe the four corner schools bring that like mojo from the Pac-12 to devour <laughs> themselves, the, uh-huh. four of, the four of them. But like from top to bottom, I don't see that being a, like a, like a thing in the big 12, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll like, see. I mean, yeah, again, it's like, it remains to be seen because like, you know, some teams are always are going to surprise you. Like you, you, UCF beat Oklahoma state last year. Like there's these weird random things like yeah. that where, It'll be interesting to see the level of consistency these teams can keep up like that and, you know, bringing in Pac-12 teams that are used to cannibalizing yourself. Maybe, like you said, maybe that will throw the whole thing into even more of a flux. So uh, something that's interesting to monitor. And you know what else is very interesting to monitor is we still don't know the dates of Utah's schedule, but we may have a reported release date of when we will know exactly when Utah will play each of their opponents on their schedules. Want to talk about that a little bit more in one moment, but first want to talk to all of you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Lockdown Utes in our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Fit guaranteed, only available to U.S. customers. Also want to talk to you about another sponsor of today's episode of Locked On Utes. It's our friends at UCCU. Learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents, they don't always know the answers. Learn and earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games, like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards. Stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learner, part of UCCU's award-winning B-Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love, where, do, bank. Sam, we've all been waiting on the dates of Utah's schedule um, a while ago, I want to say December, maybe it was even November. I'm trying to remember now. We knew who Utah would be playing all the way through 2030. Am I correct, Sammy? Um, I think like so. The general opponents? I Utah think so. It was like one of those yeah. like weird like grid things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but it stretched out. It stretches out for a few years either way. That's, well, and the uh, thing is, is I was like looking at it and I was like, I'm not going to remember who Utah, yeah. like, I'm not going to remember <laughs> this for like 2078, who Utah's yeah. supposed to be playing. Like, just mm-hmm. give it to me in bite sized like pieces. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need this, like, this big, like, thing. But yes. Yeah, there's like you said, it's just a lot. There's a lot going on <laughs> when you have that big of a, of a schedule thing like that. But um, the Big Twelve is expected to release their 2024 schedule on January 30th. Sources tell the Athletic that is reported by Max Olson, coming to us from X there. And the conference revealed the matchups to its first 16 teams in November. But with Utah now joining the fray as well, that's where we're still waiting to get all the dates and the extra stuff from their schedule to be exact. And look, I'm excited. I think when you're looking at the schedule overall. Um, I'm very curious, like, when is the BYU game going to land? Is it going to be on rivalry weekend? Or are they going to put it at another week in the season to maybe be like, oh, we want this to be. It's not going to – right away it won't have the national hype, nor probably will it ever, of the Texas-Oklahoma because that's a historic thing. But it's an example of a rivalry that is moved outside of rivalry weekend, and whenever it is played, it is the epicenter of the college football world. Pretty much regardless of where the two teams are ranked, everyone wants to know and watch, and we'll see what happens in the Red River Showdown. I think there's a chance if you move Utah versus BYU to another weekend, you can generate some type of similar hype. Once again, not to that exact level. So very curious to see what that is. When does Utah play Colorado? Deion Sanders, we know he's always going to bring a show with him. And, of course, the Arizona game too because it's the time we are recording this show. Uh, the best, the be, there a lot of their best players are still there. Like, yes, their lead back left, but still got everyone else there. A lot of the key players there, so they're still going to be really good. So those are the three key games I want to see the dates of on the schedule. But what are you most looking forward to about actually seeing the dates on the schedule? Well, I'm excited because I can get some travel planned um, first and <laughs> foremost. Um, but I'm going to disagree with your point about the the Utah BYU game. I honestly think okay. it will still be on Rivalry Weekend. Um, mm-hmm. because Brett Yormark has talked numerous times about mm-hmm. how much he is excited to have this rivalry in his conference, um, to reestablish it, all these things. Mm-hmm. And there's just like, I growing up as like going to Utah games as a young mm-hmm. child, all of these things. Like I remember Thanksgiving weekend, Utah BYU, like it was ingrained in my brain. Mm-hmm. And like that was the weekend we played BYU, no matter if it was on the road or at home. And mm-hmm. 
So I think that reestablishing that as like an mm. end of conference game, like I know a lot of Utah fans aren't going to like it being rivalry <laughs> weekend, but like you got to admit, like that's probably the best time to play that game. Um, mm-hmm. And especially just because like, the last couple of years when that game was played, it doesn't feel the same having it like the third week of September. Like I agree just, with that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel the it doesn't feel right. And maybe it's mm-hmm. because I've been around Utah since I was like a mm-hmm. little since I was like a baby. Like it, if it's not Thanksgiving weekend, it's nowhere for me. And that's kind of my <laughs> like stance on the matter. Is I just I'm so used to it being that mm-hmm. weekend. Um I I am excited to see the November schedule for Utah outside of if yep. BYU is that that November that Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. um, just because I want to see like some of these programs like I know it gets cold and I know it gets like some of those places, I would like to see them deal with it. <laughs> just, okay, like like pure pure Utah cold, but um, I am excited for TCU to be back. I've been a big fan mm-hmm. of the Utah TCU rivalry again since yep. I was little. I remember going to that 2010 game and that just like crushed oh, cool. my heart. Um, <laughs> but I think that the TCU game is going to be a fun one. That one mm-hmm. seems like a game that they could put outside of like a mm-hmm. rivalry weekend, but still branded as a rivalry because Utah and TCU have such a long, like long past. Yeah. Um, but you know, like now that I actually look at the schedule, like the, the, the like scheduled teams that are supposed to be in mm-hmm. rice cycles, like, the only one that might be a little bit like not used to the the cold as of late is TCU. Iowa State should be used to it. BYU obviously is used to it, and Arizona is obviously used to it. Baylor, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be snowing in September, so like, <laughs> whatever. So I take back my I take back my statement about the snow. If UCF was coming here, then yeah, I'm no. like, you want them in November because no. that would. Be- I'm down to go to them in November though. Hey, hey, that's that's the that's the trip I'm trying to plan. I'm trying to I'm trying to go to Florida. So <laughs> I'm trying to go I'm trying to go to Florida for some time. But um yeah, I'm like that's the thing is like I the only games I have like a, a strong inkling to where I would like them is the mm-hmm. BYU game and that TCU game. The rest of the games I don't really care where they fall. Yeah. I am interested to see if Kyle Whittingham's patented earlier, like mid-season bye week is still something that happens. Um, mm-hmm. because we know that he loves to do that mid-season buy. It's like mm-hmm. smack dab in the middle of the season. Um, and it usually comes at a very good time for Utah, like it yes. did this year. So, um, but like bye week, TCU, BYU, that's probably it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Utah's very much like a like I don't I don't think Utah cares when they're playing, who they're playing, mm-hmm. as long as they get to play them. So. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. No, very true. Uh, two things. Number one, I like I like the points you made about the rivalry with the BYU game. There is something special about it being in November. Absolutely agree with that. And I'll also say this. 
We know. Let's look at rivalry weekend. What are the marquee matchups on rivalry weekend? Of course, the game, Ohio State, Michigan, as it's marketed. Mm -hmm. Then the Iron Bowl, which ESPN now owning the SEC, they will even drive the hype around that even more. Although Auburn still has to hold up their end of the bargain in some way. But those are the marquee rivalries. So, well, and there's some that get moved to Friday, like the Egg Bowl with Mississippi. Mississippi State's always played on Friday. Yeah. Thursday oh, or they, Friday. This year it was played on a Friday. It's, it's, did they move it to a Friday? I thought they always I, played on a Friday. I swear they played it on a Friday this year. Maybe or one am I year. tripping? Sure. I think it was Thanksgiving. but I also Okay, don't well, have- they either played on Thanksgiving or like on Friday. I, there was one year they yeah. played it on a Friday. I, I No, but I do, to your point, I think Oregon and Oregon State this past year played on a Friday. They like, that did. Where- That's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I knew so there was a, one game that was that's a ma- on a Friday. Exactly. That's no, exactly. That's a major game. Like there were at least like for Fox, like they hyped that up. Like there was a lot of interest. A battle of these top, I think both top. I know Oregon obviously was top ten, and then Oregon State. I think they were still top. I think they were. I want. I think they were fifteen. I think they were in the top fifteen. Yeah, I think that was like they just lost to Washington, so I think they stumbled a little bit in the rankings. Yeah, but not not too far because it wasn't a bad loss. But either way, yeah. So there's all these interesting scheduling things. Like I would love if I, I like I said I know you want it on the Saturday like that, but it could be. You know, on the Friday night, it'd be pretty close to it. And still, yeah, mark, marquee rivalry, and even Saturday night itself. Sadly, no more Pac-12 after dark. But these are late night matchups that there is a window of opportunity to have these slide in there. Like, sure, you know, USC, UCLA maybe in there. Oregon, Washington might play in there as well. But I think there's Battle a chance of Los Angeles is play. not played on rivalry weekend usually. Usually, but that's another thing that could change, just like the Utah True. BYU one. Because right? usually, you because usually USC, hasn't been in the past. USC usually plays Notre Dame that last week of the season. They didn't play on rivalry weekend at all this season. USC scheduled yeah. their bye purposefully yeah. the last week of the season so that they could prepare for the Pac-12 championships <laughs> that they never made it to. Um, but like, there's some there's some interesting kinks, and I honestly think like. Mm-hmm. You obviously, I, my thing is like, you think, you know, that the Iron Bowl, in my mind at least, the Iron Bowl is going to be primetime ESPN. Yep, 7.30 slot. Yeah, I it's going to be primetime. Um, mm-hmm. Who has the rights on, who has CBS? Like, who is CBS's rights now? Is it Big CBS Ten? CBS is weird. Like, I think they're Big Ten and something else, but like, they don't, I still think Fox gets the game. It, it's a weird, I don't know what happened with CBS. And yeah, I'm CBS. like, is CBS like, done because like where but basically (laughs) yeah well and then like obviously big 12 like maybe i don't know if they have if any of their rights are going to fox or if they're strictly espn yeah i'm trying to remember i think fox got some but it's because i'm like i'm like put that game on fox put that on like fox Mm -hmm. in the late slot put the utah buau game on the late slot slot on fox Mm -hmm. there you go there you go. I agree. Re- and rebranded as like, oh, this is the Holy Wars back. Ooh, mm-hmm. like rebranded as something like that. Because like <laughs> people who know how like how like violent, not violent, but like how aggressive this yeah, is. Yeah, how passionate the how fan passionate. bases are when it comes to this game. It, I think that like that potential. Yeah, it, the viewership will be there. The viewership mm-hmm. would be there. Um just like I like I get it, like get like Utah's rebrand like bringing back like oh with Utah State the Battle of the Brothers is back I'm like uh, but again like Utah like yeah Utah lost to Utah State like a couple years the last time they played but like still like again it's a historic rivalry and so for Utah to say like hey the Battle of the Brothers is back people were kind of excited about that so like yeah I mean just brand it as brand it as the Holy Wars back and just smack it like prime time on Fox. 
even Fox Sports One. There's like options, yeah. like ESPN. I want it on Fox. Don't give me FS1 for our big rivalry game. I know what you okay. mean. It's better than nothing. Okay, I want, yeah, I, I know. Okay, Utah fans have to be like Utah fans have been through it with dealing with the Pac-12 networks for God knows how many years, like yes. 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, wow. Like they like just put them on TV. <laughs> just put mm-hmm. them on That's TV. That's true. They That's don't true. care You're what right. channel, they will find it. They yeah. will find it and they will watch it. So that is a good point. Uh, last one I wanted to make before we talk some Utah gymnastics. I think the one other thing I'm very interested to see with the schedule is I felt like it was a very tough stretch for Utah to have to do USC, Oregon, a little bit of break with Arizona State, but then Washington. Those were some of their toughest games of the season, scrunched into a four week stretch. So I'd be curious to this. If Utah did some comment, I just want to see mainly to me, Oklahoma State and Arizona. If those games were back-to-back, that's not what I would love. I'd like those to be a little spaced out just in case there are little nagging injuries that occur. And that is one minor thing I'm looking forward to schedule. But I agree with you, Sammy. I'm excited to see uh, what it looks like. Yeah, This also links back to our previous conversation about easy schedules. Like, Mm -hmm. there's not a death stretch for you no, in this schedule be. there shouldn't yeah. be like there's no like pr- like predetermined death stretch like there was this year where it was those mm-hmm. four games like back mm-hmm. back to back to back to back so i don't like do i think it's going to kill utah if arizona and oklahoma state are back to back no because also at the same time they made it through that gauntlet last year with like half like half a team mm-hmm. so i like i don't think that like like those like hard stretches like yeah they're always going to be hard like mentally physically but i don't think it's going to be a f- like a stretch where utah just like can't get up for games they can't do it mm-hmm. like, they're, just, they're, they're tired like those kind of things i don't yeah. think that that's not how kyle whittingham makes make raises his program yeah. that's not how he, he gets these guys going and I think with the expectations that this team has, I don't think that they're going to just be like, Oh guys, we have two hard games. Like, woo. Like they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to sh- try and show the big 12, what Utah football is, mm-hmm. how they've been in the pack 12. They're going to give mm-hmm. the big 12 a taste of the Utah way very quickly. Like very. Mm-hmm. Quickly, so. I absolutely agree. I'm excited to see it as well. And uh, speaking of the Utah way, the Utah way has been incredible to watch as it relates to Utah gymnastics over the past few seasons as well. And Utah had to already go through a little bit of a gauntlet um, when they had to take on a single meet LSU, UCLA, Oklahoma. And that one didn't go exactly the way that of course got right with the best of Utah coming up this Friday, they take on Arizona state. But what are your thoughts on this Utah gymnastics team, Sammy? Um, You know, there's a lot of good to take from this team. Obviously um, the off season they had was just like another gauntlet they had to take on. Um, But from top to bottom, I think that this team is, is very well prepared. I think um, now there's some questions that have arisen with Emily Morgan, uh, Utah's standard, like junior standout who are junior, junior. Yeah. Junior who said, today announced actually actually she announced it last mm-hmm. night which was monday night that mm-hmm. she was going to be going to the english championships to try and get a spot vie for a spot on the mm-hmm. uk's olympic team again um which she was a part of in 2020 before she came to utah um but you know i like i was kind of confused if she's going to be there on friday kind of confused if she wasn't going to be there on friday like the release we got 
info that I got from practice just was not adding up. I don't know if she's going to be there Friday, but I might. she might be. She mm-hmm. might not be. She is the Pac-12 reigning specialist of the week, though, so there's mm-hmm. also that. Um, but, you know, like, she'll be, she'll be gone for the entire month of February and half of March, and she'll be back right before Pac-12 championships. Um, so there's going to be some freshmen that are probably called upon. I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. to see Elizabeth Gantner and Cammie Winger taking taking more of a role. Um, thankfully, Emily only has two events that she competes for Utah right now. It is Beam mm-hmm. and, and Bars, which have proven to be two of Utah's strongest mm-hmm. events so far this season. Mm-hmm. But um, they're good. I think these this freshman mm-hmm. class is extremely good. They're very well, like – well-versed already and they're ready to compete um ella zerbes is is insane on bars she nearly had a 995 plus routine at um the sprouts classic versus oklahoma Mm -hmm. lsu and and ucla but she just like couldn't she just fell on her landing um but those Mm -hmm. are like freshman mistakes and like people are already hitting the panic button with this utah team without emily saying that they're not going to make it to nationals not going to qualify for nationals none of this is going to happen utah's just going to suck for the rest of the year like, yeah, it is a big hit for Utah, but at the same time, like, getting some of these freshmen this experience so early on in their careers is going to pay dividends for Utah down the line. Utah's going to have to replace an upwards of four – I'm going to say an upwards of 14 routines for next season oh. with the departing se- the departing fifth years yeah. and the departing seniors. And so mm-hmm. – getting these girls this experience now is just, it's, it's going to help. It's going to pay dividends down the line. Um, I'm interested to see because this team has had 11 days off now. They have not competed since president. No MLK day, Monday night. Um, and Friday will be their first competition in 11 days, getting them like it's a home meet, get them back in front of the Huntsman crowd. Let's see what they can do. I, I expect a pretty, a pretty big showing from Utah. They just, the thing is with gymnastics is you don't want to peak too early. That was always something that has been like mentioned through this program for years, going back to Greg Marsden's days. You do not want to peak too early. And so mm-hmm. people are seeing Oklahoma scoring a national high in week four of a 198-325. Like you don't want to be scoring that right now because by the time that postseason runs or comes around, you, you might not make it. And when it comes down to postseason, if you have one failed mistake on podium at nationals, you're done. Your mm-hmm. 198 score that you scored in week three ain't going to matter. It matters mm-hmm. that you get what you need to get to nationals. But at the same time, like you need to like making sure that you are hitting your stuff towards the end of the season is what truly matters. So like for Utah to be like missing some landings on stuff like, yeah, you wish you see that now. But at the same time, like if Utah's not sticking mm-hmm. landings right now, like, yeah, get upset. But to a certain extent, like if they're not sticking those landings by mm-hmm. mid-March, then, yeah, really start panicking because that's when you need to start like hitting your incline is at that time it's this is a this is a marathon it's not a sprint it's just mm-hmm. like any like unlike like sports like like football or basketball with win loss ratios like what matters r- truly here is your scores and like it doesn't matter if you score that 198 now or if you score that 198 the last meet of the regular season as long as you get there mm-hmm. that's the point yep 
So. Yeah, that's what matters. That's what matters most. And, uh, you know, honestly, covering Utah in some ways is even more than a marathon. It can be like an Ironman because there is so much stuff going on. It's hard to keep track of it and follow, Sammy. And if people want to try to keep everything focused going on at Utah, where should they head over to? Head over to utezone.com. Um, obviously, we with a subscription-based platform, we do offer, like, discounts for your first couple of months. Um, come on over. We do a lot of recruiting analysts. Uh, analysts. <laughs> recruiting information and analysis. Um, I cover football, women's basketball, and gymnastics. And then our uh, head of head of command is Steve Bartle. He covers men's basketball, football, and a little bit of everything else. So um, it's a great community. If you come over to Ute Zone, you there's a lot of insider information that you probably won't get anywhere else. So um, come on over to Ute Zone. Uh, we'll 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 show you what it's like to have some good Utah content. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we look forward to be back with you tomorrow talking all things Utah football. We'll see you then.